Hey, we've got a fresh one coming at you with another Stream of Thought episode number 113. 113. And today, we're driving all over the place, man. We we, <laughs> we are covering quite a few yeah. topics. Victor has a very fascinating story uh, that we What's talk about. Story? Well, it's not really a story. It's you found a particular oh, topic yes, yes, of interest yes, yes. that we were able to relate and bond on a little bit. Yeah, I asked Ricks for the details because me, of course, I only knew of what was going on. Let's just say Instagram and Saturday Night Live. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson. We yeah, kind of sure. we kind of cruise into talking a little bit about voting and uh, the importance po- of like that. Uh, political, not really politics, but like more people just are, general uh, philosophy. People that are uh, have entered the playing field who are not your standard politicians, but are shaking things up a bit. And speaking of things that drive us insane, <laughs> talk a little bit about some. I, I share some stories about. Uh, Transportation. Oh yeah, Megabus. Little, yeah, little Megabus Uber, stories, Uber, Uber stories. Sorry, uh, having to drive behind a student driver. Oh man, yeah, yeah that's a fun Victor that story. Sucked. And then uh, we wrap it up with uh, yeah, just a uh, touch of weather. A little touch of weather, yeah, just like two minutes. Not too, not too much. But yeah, this is uh, the second of a few more we'll be able to crank out before Rick's leaves back, goes back to Minnesota, and I'm in California. So, with that being said, episode 113, Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. So, I recall what it was that I wanted to mention last time. Yeah, we left off uh, with a cliffhanger of a particular topic. So... Uh, as usual, the only information I have on this subject of, is what I've seen on, you know, Instagram or Saturday Night Live, uh, which is the whole Brett Kavanaugh oh, scenario. No. no, no, I'm just asking. I'm not. I'm not saying like let's talk about this for 45 minutes. Yeah. I'm just asking you to fill me in on what's going on. I know that he was accused of sexually assaulting someone, and according to Saturday Night Live, I didn't see the actual hearing, but I saw. Oh, the you saw open. Matt Damon. He, he likes beer. Imp- That's all I know. That's all I know. But I love, I love the Saturday Night Live. I've watched sketch. that like five it times. It was so great. It, it, I didn't watch the, I couldn't watch the hearing because I was doing something else. But even if I wasn't, I know I probably wouldn't have been super bored. And what's nice about social media is it just gives you the highlights. You yeah, know what I'm saying. Yeah, one of the one of the small graces to not yeah. having to sit through something. So just like that. real quick, fill me in on what's happening. He was a Supreme, Supreme Court nominee uh, who just who got advanced to, he, to be. He's a Supreme Court judge now. Wow. Yes. So anything is possible in America. Any. Okay. Yeah, I know that's ain't that the truth. Right. So yeah, basically, it comes down to he was accused when he was in high school of uh, having bring a girl into a room with his friend and. Trying to assault her or okay. assaulting her, right? At, like pushing her onto a bed, and whether or not it was an attempted rape, right, uh, is still sort of like I don't. No one really knows what his intent was because he denies it all. But basically, that whole hearing was interviewing both of them, the the victim and the accused, right, as to their versions of the story. And trying to get a better sense of the character of this guy. Okay. So yeah, it, it came down to and and the whole conversation is is surrounding the the Me Too movement of 
is it okay for men to, especially powerful men, to be able to take advantage of women in numerous different ways? I think the clear answer is no. You'd think so, but, <laughs> right? I mean, that's one of those things, man. Like, especially living all over the country and talking to people of all different types of demographics over the past couple of years, I've had to come to the shocking realization. I know we talk, touched on this a little bit with the whole education thing on the last episode, but there are a lot of people who, like, hate women. Like, a lot of men who hate women. Oh, dude, I was um, watching, I'm almost finished with it, on YouTube, the um, interview that Joe Rogan and did with Elon Musk. He oh, had yeah. it on his podcast, yeah, yeah. and so I've been watching, like, 30 minutes at a time. And there's a portion that they touch on, um, I think it was because they were talking about how there, there was a guy who fell asleep at the wheel in a Tesla and hit a bicyclist yes. and killed him. And the guy who was asleep at the wheel sued Tesla on the basis that your new car smell made me fall asleep and it's your new car smell's fault. And he was talking about, like, he was very like, good, thank goodness, like, a judge just, like, threw that out. Like, absolutely not. This is ridiculous. And he's talking about how, like, how just the justice system is, despite the fact that you might hear things in the media, like, the justice system for the most part is like fairly just and there are and then they talk about like police officers and people of service to the community it's like yeah you hear about all these things like these negative things Mm -hmm. but it's not a reflection on the system as a whole for the most part we have a very good you know system in place for policing and for justice and all that you just hear about all these negative things and one of the things they talk about was like yeah for whatever they, they for whatever reason you know one person might have a bad experience with a woman and say all women are evil or one person might have a bad experience with a man and say all men are just like completely evil and how they have like these one or two little experiences and that dictates their perception perception on uh the entirety of whatever it is that they experience yeah there's like a psychological term um that goes along with that where basically we we tend to focus on the very dramatic things that stick out in our mind that are kind of anomalies. Now, I would I would take issue with the point that didn't. Yeah, right. <laughs> I would take issue with the 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 point that the justice system is more fair than not. Just saying it's fair for people like you and I. I feel like right. most more people often who than are not, white and people who are socioeconomic status, yes. like middle class, wealthy, yeah. kind of uh, come from that type of community. Um, it's a very different story for like inner cities, for minorities who live in rural or Southern communities. Um, a lot of women, I mean, there was this, the huge uh, case in California, the Brock Turner case where the judge, it was, it was this guy who was in the middle of sexually assaulting, raping this college girl. And the judge only sentenced him to like seven days. This is a kid who was in college. Yeah, right? Rock Turner like was the, sw- the, sw- like? the swim star at uh, Harvard or something. Or no, it was, was uh, Stanford. Stanford. It was a, yeah, Stanford, Stanford. In California. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Stanford. Yes, I recall this. Now. And so the judge only sentenced him to like the recommended uh, time in prison would be like three to seven years or something. And I think he got maybe thirty days. Yeah, or something because this. the judge was like, "I don't want to ruin his life." Yes. And so you have an instance like that where again. M- the reason why it made national news is because it was such an outrageous circumstance yes. that you you couldn't help but be like, whoa. But 
I think a lot of times we tend to take those and kind of blow it out of proportion. And, you know, this is something, too, that I've talked with people who are kind of upset about the whole political situation, especially recently. A lot of people are very upset about Brett Kavanaugh being nominated because, I mean, my attitude is you have dozens of qualified judges to choose from. Why would you risk it all on a guy who had a very sketchy past? I mean, he's still going to be a high-powered judge in one of the most powerful courts of the land, even if he's not a Supreme Court justice. Right. Can't you select someone who maybe doesn't have those questions on their record? But, you know, it's it's not necessarily what impacts us directly, per se. Um, but people tend to focus on these big picture issues without realizing, well, my community deserves that type of attention too. where I'm living, like the, my neighbors, the, the people who I interact with on a daily basis deserve a little bit more of that energy and time and all that. I want, what is it that, that draws us to negativity in like drama? Why is it that things that are terrible are so much more attractive than things that are not? It stimulates a part of the brain that is more active uh, because, what is it, the, the, pr- the prime emotions that get us stimulated, it's like fear and anger mm-hmm. um, are the two biggest ones. I mean, yeah, there's joy and good feelings and all that, but that doesn't stimulate us as much as like fear, anger, yeah. and disgust. So it's, it's, a human, it's a human psychological thing, and unfortunately in an age right now where we live in a media culture where everything's national news and with the ridiculousness that we experience, we can't help be attracted to that. Why do you think reality television took off as much as it did? Yeah. I mean, there's very little positive in reality television. (laughs) I mean, what, what is it that people talk about the most from reality television? The drama. Like who's the villain of the show? Like who's the one that we love to hate? Amorosa. I mean, come on. Like there's, it's all these examples of, they're, it's just, I mean, those TV producers were brilliant in in realizing that that stimulated us. I mean, why do you think Law and Order has been on, you know, for as long as it has? Like Some of these years, shows, right? Something like that. <laughs> and I, there's not, there's very little positive about that, really, because yeah. it, it touches on some of the most dramatic and horrible things. But those are the things that we respond to the the best, kind of. So yeah, it's one of those things, especially for people who are particularly upset about this instance, which I think it's an anomaly. I think it's one of those things that the fact that you heard about it, somebody who could care butt kiss about politics. Yeah, really, right. I got, I got fuck Jerry. My you got, fuck yeah, Jerry yeah. Filling me in on what's going fuck, on. Fuck Jerry. And I'm sure he touched on that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it just that. And I see, I see like memes like they, they did. Um, so the, what really got me interested, sadly was the, uh, they took portions of that hearing, and then they spliced with it uh, portions of Samuel L. Jackson's dialogue from Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. That <laughs> made me laugh so I, hard. Anybody I don't has, remember asking you a goddamn, goddamn thing. thing. <laughs> if you have not it seen so the Kavanaugh-Samuel L. Jackson mashup. Gosh, that was hilarious. You got to watch it. And it, then, like, the very next day was SNL. And I was like, all right, I, got, I can't wait to talk to Ricks about this. Oh, now I'm really man. It, that, that Pulp Fiction mashup was, oh, was so priceless. I was like, so I saw that funny. on one of the news, news uh, feeds, The Verge. It's a tech, yeah. tech news source. And they're like... 
at the end of a shitty week, this will make you feel better. And I'm like, I'm intrigued. And yeah. I watched it just one minute long. And so I'm like, okay, let's check it out. And I burst out laughing. I'm like, no effing way. They, they were able to do that perfectly. Oh, and I that's love why, it. That's why I live, or that's why I love Instagram and like um, memes is because of like, you're able to just see, like someone thought of that. Someone thought to themselves, this would be funny. And they put in a lot of time and effort. They knew where to look. They, they knew yeah. They knew the, the generality yes. of the scene, and they were able to make it and work. And they put in the time and effort to make that 30-second clip to share with the world. And, and it was hilarious. It so much joy to so yes. many people. Such a wonderful thing. And the other spot, the, um, the other uh, part that I liked on... SNL or the other the one part that I really liked on SNL was when they're asking him like how pretty much he's like have you ever gotten so drunk you blacked out and forgot everything and, and, and Matt Damon's like oh am I cool Ooh, yeah, yeah I'm cool, I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh greatness <laughs> so on a semi-related note though I mean one of the solutions to fix broken problems in this big scale is one of the greatest joys of the democracy that we live in. It's something that's coming up. Midterm elections. Elections. We get to vote for people. So, get this. So, I'm... You probably remember. I know you left in May, but this dude, I, I don't know who he is. This is someone else I wanted to ask you about. Because now all the signs are up all over the place. Sean right? Caston or... Yeah. Sean Caston, yeah. He's had these motherfucking signs up since, like... <laughs> April or March, I've seen people with these signs up on their lawns, mm-hmm. and he and it was he was the only one. And now, mm-hmm. finally, like the last seen, month, like, all the other, other signs, signs are popping up. up. So I'm just like, so you've heard of Sean Caston? Congratulations! Yeah. So he's the Democratic challenger in the Illinois sixth congressional district for the United States Congress, uh, going against Peter Roscom, who is our current representative. And he's been Peter Roscom for like thirty years, right? Thirteen. Or twelve. This is going to be his twelfth year. Oh, I thought he. Me... He took over. He took over for Henry Hyde. Henry Hyde used to back when we were in high school. I think is when Henry Hyde retired. Oh, okay. And he was Henry Hyde was is one of the biggest um, names in Republican House history. Like okay. he did. He did a lot of stuff. There was something called the Hyde Amendment. Um, a lot of buildings are named after him. Stuff okay. like that. Henry Hyde was like this huge figure. Um, and so good guy or a lot of shadiness surrounding him. I, I mean, he, he did good things. Um, I don't know if he was necessarily a good person. He was an effective politician. One for me, one for them. He helped our <laughs> district. He got our, he got our district a lot of money back when there was pork barrel spending. He brought a lot of money into our communities. Okay. So in that regard, yeah. I mean, okay. I, I think for us, you and I, okay. who got grew it. up in this area, yeah, yeah not, not, not a okay. bad thing. So yeah, Peter Roscom took over for him, and he has been pretty much unchallenged ever since. This is the first year where it looks like he might get upset because Sean Caston is an environmental scientist who was uh, the president of a, uh, a chemical company that worked on environmental issues, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember his exact – but he is a scientist. Okay. And so – not a politician, never done politics before. Really? Beat out a field of like eight different Democrats to become the nominee for the Democratic Party in the district. And the enthusiasm, there are so many young people 
who are like hardcore cast and supporters. So are his signs out super early? Because was it like a thing on his end, like, hey, everyone who's anyone who supports me, put your signs out real early, or people are just like so gung ho they just started putting signs people out. People were just really excited about Sean Kasten, especially a lot of a lot of younger people who live in the district. You know, young professionals kind of thing really eager to volunteer for his campaign. So they were going door to door. He has had this massive ground game where he's got he's got an endless supply of volunteers going from door to door talking about Sean Caston and what he can do for the community. Got it. So yeah, basically he uh he's posing a, a real threat to Peter Roscom who I mean hasn't really done anything. I mean he's he's getting up there but he's not brought yeah. anything to our district. It's crazy that you say uh, Kasten's a scientist because another thing they mentioned in the on the Rogan podcast with Elon Musk, Joe Rogan's like, oh, what's something that can be done to like help try and change the way things are right now? And he's like, well, we need more scientists. You know, if, uh, if you have a scientist running for office, that would change things. He's like, well, what do you mean? He's like, everyone's just a politician. Like, if you have people that are you know, like a scientist, someone who who has something outside of politics to, to that could maybe use hard data to like yes, choose their policy. To like, yeah, like for example, I met with the mayor of you know, you know whatever it was Beijing or Shanghai or whatever. He you know his background is in X Y Z. It's all science. He's like, and then his so and so who's who I think is like his equivalent to like a deputy or like whatever is like also like background in science. Like if, if you have people that are oh yeah who are involved in you know scientific way like that would totally help rather than just being like a politician so to speak i'm sure there's not to say that all politicians suck but like that would help kind of change things you would think so yeah i mean that and and or anyone for that matter like have more teachers there's like have people exactly members of the community Community. rather than just like politicians that are somebody who went to school studied political science right maybe went to law school yeah but like their life has been entirely political yeah and that's all they know that's all they breathe they know how to win yes yeah in politics and that's what they're good at yeah not really anything else and so yeah uh, while I was here, I took the opportunity to early vote. Nice. Early voting is going on, man. I, I got a letter in the mail, uh, something about that. Oh, I can't remember what it was. My family got three letters a piece or whatever for early really? voting, send, send in letters or, or something like it that. It wasn't an early vote. It was something else. I think it was like confirmation of my, ad. I don't know. I can't remember. So I don't know if this is, this is too boring, but... Last election cycle, mm-hmm. there was an issue with our voting machines in our district. Really? DuPage County, especially. Okay. We had electronic voting. And there's electronic voting all over the place, but there's still paper voting in other places. Yeah. So for us, there was an issue where the Russians hacked DuPage County election machines. Okay. And it didn't – It did, as far as we know, it didn't impact the votes. Okay. But – it showed vulnerabilities in our electronic voting system. So I go into early vote this time, it's only paper ballots. Really? No electronic voting. So I'm wondering if that's going to be the case around there, but they're super thorough about it. They've got like envelopes now that you fold up your ballot, put it into, and seal, mm-hmm. and you have your signature on it so they know that it's a legitimate ballot that comes from a legitimate person. Mm-hmm. And it's just very – it is not what I remember voting in the 2016 election. So when I, just I went voted in, in the I 2016 election, in. it was paper. Yeah, and I believe I believe the one that I had done was paper as well. Um, 
So you're saying in terms of like security? The the yeah, there there were areas that did use electronic voting machines, and there were issues. There. I used electronic in 2008. There were also issues too, where there was a case. I think it was also in DuPage County where the ballots wouldn't fit into the machines. <laughs> They had gotten the wrong size ballots, <laughs> so there was no, like they had to they had to find like a lockbox and put all like hundreds and thousands of ballots into like a lockbox. <laughs> oh, it's just shit like that for the most important feature of the country that we live in. Because I mean, really, fifteen percent of eligible voters vote. Fifteen percent, which means about seven or eight percent of the country or so determine who is in charge mm-hmm. because you figure 15%, yeah, 8% is over right. 50%. So the winners are like 8% of the population. I mean, think what would have happened if people actually voted like and cared about who they were voting for and thought actually, wouldn't it be nice to have a scientist or a teacher yeah. or someone in politics? And yet, more often than not, yeah, somebody like Neil. Oh my god! <laughs> complain, complain, complain about politics, and then you ask him, "Did he vote?" No, I didn't, because everyone thinks their vote doesn't matter. Well, if enough people say their vote doesn't matter, like eighty-five percent of the country, yeah. well, then you're stuck with what you're stuck with. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and it it only takes a couple of minutes to go and vote. Or voting, voting early by mail, voting early, you know, in a lot of different ways. I was thinking earlier, I was like, you know what, I think I'll exercise my right to vote a little more frequently. You should. And early voting is a good way, too, just to make sure that you're not stuck in lines and be like, screw this on election day. I'm not trying to wait in lines. So it's always, I mean, it's, in my mind, it would be preferential for everyone to early vote. In case like Colorado, they only have in mail-in ballots. They don't, have, they don't have actual really? voting locations. Yeah. Why? That's weird. It's, it's an experiment. And oh, okay. It's uh, it seems to be working well. They have they have a higher average of voting participation because okay. of the mail-in ballots. That's interesting. Yeah. So there was. Um, do you remember? Was there something else that I wanted to bring up right away after the uh, after the thing? <laughs> this the SNL. Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. I'm trying to look at my notes right now because I thought there was one other thing. I just remember you had said to talk to you about something that I would have some sort of knowledge in. It that's, was that. That's about, that was that's about all of that I remember. Yeah. Scenario. But yeah. then there was one other thing I think that I wanted to. Yeah, you with. said, oh, and then you wouldn't tell me. You're like, don't worry. Just will. Oh, oh shit! It's um, right. <laughs> I I remember that, but I don't remember what it is. That's all right. It'll come. But anyway, It'll come. Uh, so did you listen to the Pat McAfee show two point oh? I did. I did. You did. listen to the whole episode, the first one, or I? So I listened to the most recent one. Oh, uh, you gotta listen to the first one, dude. The first one is so great. All right. Well, I I, I feel as though after listening to the what hour and ten minutes or whatever yeah. of, of the most recent one, I'm digging him. I'm, I right? think I think he's a very entertaining character. Yeah. He's 
and a punter too. He doesn't talk like a punter. He talks. He talks like he's uh, a wild one. He's, he talks like a wild one, man. Yeah. And uh, I love that the episode I listened to. He had brought in other NFL players and was like yeah, talking to them right? about some he's... some contemporary shit. And like, he knows he knows what he's talking about. He knows the dynamics of the sports world, and he's just a entertaining guy yes. to listen to right so i i i, yes. I give you props for, dude, for you that gotta listen to the first one called rebirth mm. dude that one is that that's the the hook right there all right like you listen to that because all the other ones are great too but it really that episode sets the tone if you've never listened to him before that episode sets the tone for what he's all about because you get you understand his uh, his personality <laughs> beyond just like beyond just like his um, his storytelling. You kind of get what he stands for, and he reveals why he left the NFL because he's essentially because like just this is bullshit. I'm done. Fuck you guys. Yeah, you know, for the most part. But dude, it's such a great story that he tells about when he left the Colts and going into the. And ugh, I'm not going to talk too much about it. But had, did he do any? Um, he doesn't every episode. I think. But did he uh, segue into any ads? Did yeah, you know, they right? were they were much more abrupt though. It wasn't oh, it wasn't okay. a smooth flow. It was like okay, we've got an ad now, okay, kind of thing. But okay. it was it was it was not your typical read off yeah. the script, no. anything like that. It was more whoever the dude is who's in the yeah. studio with them were like talking back and forth and all that. Because once because once you get a feel for his, how he does things. You can listen. He's like, oh, wait a minute. He's going to do an ad right now. And then there's like 10 or 15 seconds. So he's like warming up to it. But you wouldn't really know unless you were listening for yeah, it. Yep. And then he goes into it. And you're just like, yeah, I'll listen to this. <laughs> I'll like, listen to it. He's bringing some good energy to well, this ad. I at like that, it. At that point in time, you, you're like, oh, shit. I'm listening to an ad. Yeah. Like, oh, well. I guess yeah. I'm here. <laughs> but it's good, right? Yeah. It is good. I'm a fan. I mean, it's crazy how... How many great podcasts there are out there that are kind of just unrealized until someone stumbles across it and then right. the recommendation comes through. It's like, check this out. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Check out Stream of <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, man. But he's good. I can't wait to it. I was listening to it again this morning, but I can only listen to like one episode at a time, like an hour and a half, because it is... It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. It really is. So it was It was a good... It was a good uh, hour... Yeah, an hour well spent to say Good. the least. Yeah, dude, listen to listen to the rebirth episode, the very <laughs> first one. It's so funny. Uh, so yeah, I have been doing so much traveling though the past couple of days. My goodness, getting in from Megabus. Oh yeah. Well, and then uh, talking to my sister about Greyhound too. Apparently, Greyhound has not gotten any better over the years. No, it was it was shit when I used it back in uh, early in college before they. But did were they Megabus. they have megabus problems like buses running into bridges and lighting up like <laughs> spontaneously combusting and shit nothing like, like that that I've heard of but it is interesting so when when I started riding megabus back in the day it was this new thing that was kind of more for the college crowd, so to speak, yeah. a lot of young people riding on the bus, a lot of you know, a lot of students traveling to and from homes, people who had access to like mobile phones back mm-hmm. in the day when you know iPhones and stuff were still kind of you know kind of kind of rare, yeah. fairly new, and you know I have noticed a dramatic shift in the demographics of Megabus where. You know, it is it is a lot more. I mean, primarily now, low lower income individuals who 
are not the most pleasant or considerate people to ride the bus with. Okay. You know, I was I was so used to the experience of a mega bus with, you know, bus full of young to middle aged people. Yeah. Maybe a couple of elderly people. Yeah. Very few though, because technology and stuff. Right. Um, a working Wi Fi, working plugs and stuff like that. You could charge your stuff. And now it's kind of. I mean, the prices have gone up on average. I got a ticket once for two dollars. From Chicago to Des Moines. Wow. Two bucks. There's no way you can find those prices now. Every, everything, I mean, there's still good prices. How do they even do that? They don't have overhead for uh, facility costs. They don't have buildings. Really? They just have buses. And that is it. They pay for gas and buses. Wow. And the drivers. So that's, like, that's their secret. Whereas Greyhound has to jack up their prices to... I would be paying, my God, 120 bucks. Well, how bucks. do you run a business? How do they, if well, there's no building? It used, uh, well, that's a good question. It has been, it's, it was kind of like playing Russian roulette at the very beginning. Because now, because GPS has become so readily available, they're able to give you updates as to where buses are mm-hmm. more frequently. Back then, it was kind of like, is the bus going to show up? Yeah. I don't know. We've been waiting here for two hours. Yeah. Is there going to be a bus? There's no way to check out, call customer support. There are no help. They don't know where the buses are yeah. kind of thing. So it was – you could you could, you could could get what you paid for or you could get one hell of a bargain. So they paid 12 bucks for a trip from Des Moines to Chicago. Bus shows up on time. Working Wi-Fi, which kind of was revolutionary yeah. back in, what, 2010 or whatever, mm-hmm. 2009. Um, and everything would work out great. But then there were other times, and it's still the case now. For example, the bus that I took in to Chicago from Minneapolis, yeah. the engine broke. Like, before we even left, the engine, I showed up maybe with two minutes to when the the bus was supposed to take off, and they normally <laughs> take off right on time. And I walk up, I'm like, oh, okay, it's still here. But I see the back of the bus is open, and a guy, uh, a guy standing there sees me look at that, and he's like, hey, dude. The engine's busted. I'm like, really? Well, this is going to be interesting. So it took them an hour and to try and remedy the situation. At first, the guy was like, we got we got a backup bus coming. But then you see, as time goes on, he's on the phone getting more and more frustrated. They're not sending another bus. So he has to call up one of the local auto repair places that are still open on a freaking Friday evening mm-hmm. at maybe 10 o'clock. They come in with, the, with this massive truck and install a replacement engine. No way. Yes way. And so we're all sitting there. There's maybe 30 of us. Luggage and everything just on the sidewalk. In in the cold, like rainy weather. Just waiting for them to replace the engine. Yeah. And so that takes another 40 minutes for them to like get the engine up. And I'm thinking to myself, well shit. This is, this is supposed to be a 11.40 p.m. to... 8 a.m. bus ride or 9 a.m. bus ride. Yeah. What the hell happens if this engine happens to be as reliable as right. the one that Three they just took out? Three hours in, your engine breaks again. Or and something. we're just stuck and stranded on the side of the road. I'm not getting in till like afternoon on a Saturday or whatever. Like, oh, this is going to be an adventure. So I took a couple of sleep aids and I'm like, I'm not going to worry about it, and just clonked out. And uh, yeah, it was one of those things though where I've just become so used to the the randomness and potential unreliability of the system that I'm just like, hey, for 30 bucks, 35 bucks, 
whatever. I mean, it's cheaper than gas driving yeah. to and from. So, you know, an instance like that, you get what you pay for, I guess. Wow. <laughs> because those buses, man, they're all used uh, coach buses. They they purchase like uh, the the coach buses that like real like Coach USA or, mm-hmm. or Greyhound or whatever end up retiring from their their mm-hmm. services. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's also how they keep their prices down too because they don't buy their own they don't new, buy buses. new buses at all. So yeah, I mean it's it's nice. The convenience is nice and all that, but then it can also be inconvenience. But jeez, dude, I would that would be a nightmare for me. I would hate that. What? Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. I have been using uh, Uber a little bit more. Oh yeah, these days. Yeah, I first time I used Uber was maybe a couple of months ago. What? Yeah. Wow. I yeah. remember when uh, my friend would tell told me what Uber was. He's like, "You ever heard of Uber?" I'm like, "What the hell is that?" This is like back in 2012. He told me about it. And I think oh, yeah. back when it, I think back then it was only black car service like all the time. I think if I remember correctly. And then as time went on, like anyone could just be a driver. You could go in any random, you know, car. It did, it wasn't like a nice car with a leather interior. I think huh. that's how it was when it first started. I can't recall. Yeah. So I I've liked it. I mean, it's it's it for somebody who didn't have transportation up mm-hmm. until now. I'm really grateful that something like Uber existed, but I don't know. So when you take an Uber, how often do you take Ubers? Not often. Not often. Yeah. I've, I've maybe had half a dozen Uber rides up to this okay. point, but I've gotten into the routine now. I always ask to sit up front next to the driver. I always have a conversation. Really? Heck yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And let me tell you, man, the conversations I've had with... A lot of these people have been um, entertaining, to say yeah. the least. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, too... Why do you guys sit up front? I just sit in the back and have a conversation with them. Because that's awkward. It makes him okay, okay, feel like okay. he's a right, chauffeur, right. not, okay, uh, yeah. not a talking partner. Right. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's just it's just a preference. I don't oh, yeah. know. I don't, I don't even feel weird about asking it now. I'm just like, hey, can I ride up front? Like, yeah, you okay. mind? And they're all cool with it. I've never, I've never had somebody who was like, uh, sure... Or whatever, they're all like, yeah, yeah, like, okay, whatever. Uh, but recently, maybe in the past four trips or whatever, I've decided, okay, I'm going to tell them that I'm an ordained minister. <laughs> okay, break the ice that way, yeah, and see what happens. Because I'm always interested in just, I mean, I'm never going to see them again. Just yeah, toss yeah. the grenade in there and and see, see what happens. happens. Yeah. And so I'm never, I'm never like evangel evangelical or like whatever, because turns out. That so far half of my Uber drivers have been uh, Muslim. Yeah. So, and I I could get that kind of impression. Most of mm-hmm. them are immigrants, um, especially the the late night Ubers that I end up doing. Yeah. A lot of them, um, first generation or second generation Americans, and the the recent ones have have been Muslim, and so I I have an inclination, but I still share it anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, you know, I. I Got into this, and I've I've actually told some of them too. I'm a recovering compulsive gambler mm-hmm. as well, and just see what happens, see what sort of conversations emerge. But like, as soon as I reveal sort of the fact that I'm not I'm not your typical minister type of person, the whole demeanor changes. Because this the most recent dude who I took to the megabus stop on Friday from uh, my friend's house ended up 
he was just very like quiet. I was uh, like asking him a couple of questions, and it was just like one or two word answers. Uh-huh. And then I I share with him that uh, you know I'm, I'm a minister, and so that that always gets people curious or whatever. They there's always there's all that always leads to at least one question from them. I'm like, yes, okay. I got you. I got you in a dialogue now. <laughs> and so we end up just talking about you know life, how really. Uh, it's it's all about just trying to be a good person. Like we're all we're all looking for meaning in life, right? Yeah. And so that leads to because people, everyone has a philosophy on life, and I feel like a lot of people don't mind sharing their yeah. philosophies on life, especially if they're talking to somebody who's made it very clear they're open to it. They're not going to judge you for anything that you yeah. say, and uh, and so I find that. Yeah, I like in this instance, I was able to start getting talk. I learned about his family. Uh-huh. I learned about his hopes and dreams in life. You know, I learned that he had, um, you know, he has. So he's a non-practicing uh, Muslim, and he has a kind of a rough uh, relationship with his son. But he likes how his son is developing and is growing into a fine young man. He he hopes that he could have a better relationship with him. And, uh, and that, yeah, he just wants to, he just wants to try and do good. And he felt like he got that from his father, all that. So it was, it was this sort of just fun little journey that I went on over the course of this 35 minute Uber ride. That is very cool. So I don't know. My recommendation to you is. I'll try that. Try try sitting up front and like just making, making small talk, but come up with that. It's. It's like the peacocking for like the pickup yeah. artist type people. It's like you got to have something flat, like have something to throw out there that'll grab their attention. Exactly, something that would be like, well, that's interesting. Okay, get something that would get them to like open up without them realizing they're opening up to ask questions. Oh, totally, yeah, okay. yeah. So, anyway, those are my travel experiences. Recently. Wow, I don't know. Yeah, I. I'll try that. I, yeah, because it 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 was awkward for me at first. To try and do that, but it worked, and so I did it again, and it was a little easier, and it worked, and so now I've kind of gotten this pattern of how okay. to enga- how to engage people. How like, often are you taking Uber? Well, like I said, I've I I started taking it what two months ago or whatever when I went to um, New York City and New mm-hmm. Jersey for my ordination, and so it was just stay a couple times a week since then. To and from work or going? No, I've or... never taken it to or from work. Just whenever I need to get to places, like oh, okay. um, I would. Um, my other Victor friend uh, was moving out of uh, Minneapolis mm-hmm. to Chicago, actually, and took an Uber to his place, took an Uber back, um, taking an Uber to and from the Megabus when I okay. do that. So, okay. like, yeah, maybe maybe eight times or so. That's right. Okay. So, yeah, I guess once every couple of weeks or every week or something like that. Yeah, I don't take it that often. I used to take it more in the summer sometimes, and I go to, like, my – acting instructor's house and he'd have like a party i'd take it from like the i because i'd take the train to oak park and from oak park i'd go to his house yeah because it'd be way too indigent. and sometimes i drove there but um most of the time i just take an uber or something like that yeah. yeah i never thought to do that that's something pretty interesting i'll have to try that sometime yeah it's it makes the ride go by so much faster especially if it's like more than a, a 15 minute drive yeah you can you can get some very interesting nuggets of <laughs> human behavior because like you don't want to 
I, I do ask some of this, the typical questions, and that's when they tend to shut off. Yeah. Like, at the very beginning or whatever, see see if they're a talkative person or not. It's like, you know, how long have you been doing this? Uh, that kind of thing. I mean, is this your full-time job? Yeah. Do you normally do it yeah. at night? Like, the basic 101 questions. And then if they're, they shut off, then you just throw a grenade in there. Yeah. And it always explodes. <laughs> I, um, I saw this thing on Instagram one time. It was really funny. Like, this guy had said... Uh, like, hey, I, I ordered an Uber, and the Uber said, the thing said to me, like, hey, your driver is deaf. He will text you when he's here or something like that. And so then, uh, so then I, like, text him. I can't remember. And he goes out there, and then uh, the guy is talking to him or says something like that. I don't know. Oh, no. He, like, changed the radio station. I don't know. Something weird. And then the driver, he does something where the driver's, like, interested in talking to him. And he talks, he says something, and the kid's, like, um, oh, I thought you said you're deaf. He's like, no, I have that like programmed in there so people don't talk to me unless I want to talk to them. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's a little bit of fraud going on there. I don't know how I feel about that. It's not fraud. That's some bullshit. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that'd be funny wow. Though. That that is that is kind of entertaining though. <laughs> but yeah, now I I think um, now similar how like uh, we were talking about. YouTube, um, I think you got to put a lot of effort into Uber to like make some money. Whereas like before, when it was just starting out, like you could make some good money fairly easily. I ran the numbers with Brooks, and uh-huh. it's a bad investment. Yeah, being an Uber. Didn't you do Uber driving for I, a like? I did a. I drove for Uber for a total of like six trips. Okay, okay. So you like, did. You did do. I it, mean, a little more than very that. Very like, I spent a grand total of maybe fifteen hours doing Uber. Yeah. Over the course of, like, two weeks. And I was like, fuck this. This is so stupid. Yeah. And it was nice because, like, I made a couple... I think I... I I made, like, a couple hundred dollars, like, 200 bucks or something like that. It's like, all right, cool. Like, cool experiment. Whatever. Fuck this. Yeah. So, we ran the numbers, or he ran the numbers, and informed me that once you take into account gas mileage and wear on the car, in addition to the liability of... You know, your time and potential customers that you may have in your car that you're going to lose money, if not just for the, the, the wear and tear on your car alone. Right. I mean, Absolutely. It, and, and the amount that you're making is not enough to cover the overall, like, long-term expenses of eventually, like, needing a new car based, because you've been driving for Ubers for so long. Well, you're barely going to have the money – yeah. To cover that new car kind of thing. When people ask me about it, um, when I've said, like, oh, I've done it, like, a few times, I always tell them, like, if you need to make some extra money temporarily, like, do it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's good for a quick good buck, for, like, but a, your primary source of income. It's it's a bad investment. And it's a huge waste of fucking time, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no. I can do better things with my time than, like, drive around. Because the weird thing is, too, is, like, I did it in Chicago a few times. And the other thing that's, like, a pain in the ass is, like, you get to a location, and sometimes people, they move. It's like, oh, can you, I'm, I'm actually down one more block. So you go down one more block. But then it's like, oh, like, I see you, but you're on the other side of the street. Can you come around? It's like, no, I can't fucking come around because we're in the middle of downtown Chicago and we're on State Street, and there's a fuck ton of cars everywhere. Just cross the street. Yeah. Oh, I, and then you're carrying, like, a few bags. Like, God damn it, fine. Let me try and turn around. Nope, can't because I'm going to get hit by a car. Like, it's just a pain in the ass. Oh, so you've had to deal with that? 
Like edit it, it happened like twice, but but well, still, that takes one time for you to just be like, "Fuck this!" and like say, cancel their ass and that, then go to somewhere else. That's thirty three percent of your your trips. <laughs> that's so yeah, dumb. that's crazy. And then one time, I'm like doing some trips, and I like went all the way up to fucking uh, uh, Northwestern, and uh, I ended up there, and I was like, "Crap!" Luckily, I picked up someone who needed to come back down to the loop. Okay. Right? Yeah. And so I come back down to the loop, thank goodness. And then another time, like, I'm out in, like, Skokie and, uh, or not Skokie, uh, in Cicero. I'm in Cicero. And for all I know, the next trip, uh, from Cicero could be, like, further south or further southwest, like, away from the city. Like, oh, yeah. more of a pain in the ass. Oh, my goodness. So I'm just like, after that, I think there was, like, the fourth person of the day. And I was, after that, I was like, I'm going straight home. I'm not risking going from Cicero, like, Further away from the city, or further away from like my actual. Oh yeah, house. who knows where you'll end up in that yeah. in an instance? I'm not trying like to go that. another thirty minutes or twenty minutes, like south or southwest. Oh yeah. my goodness, that wow! And again, and again, like the wear and tear <clears throat> on your car, right? In addition to the liability, mm-hmm. like if you hit someone or someone hits you, yep. you know what I'm saying? The whole fucking legal situation with that because. Legally, Uber has nothing to do with it because they're not, they have nothing to do with, they're not registered as like a um, transportation company. It's a tech company that has an app that happens to facilitate driver uh, and passenger needs. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, we're not like a limousine, we're not like a service type thing. So there's that. And but then your insurance wouldn't cover cover you because you're like driving for hire. You know what I'm saying? Like well, and then especially somebody like you who has a little bit of uh, angst towards bad other bad drivers on the road. If you're driving around driving an Uber all the time, I guarantee you're going to be encountering annoying ass drivers. Oh, yeah. like we did on the ride here to the studio. You're just increasing your probability for an accident or just having a shitty day. Yeah, uh, and it's funny because on my way to pick you up. I um I get I'm behind a train on park and I'm thinking great how long is this gonna take? Luckily it was literally like five to seven minutes. It was perfect. It wasn't like oh, twenty nice. minutes freight. But I see in the car in front of me the two people get out and switch and I'm not really paying attention. I'm like okay they're switching whatever. And then we go over the hill and I notice this car is driving a little slower than usual. The, the normal car. I'm like oh this person is a student driver is what this person is. And so right we're going up. Uh, we're going down um, Park, like going up the little hill by where Drew's parents live. You know that little hill by the um, auto, by the mechanic, and then like uh, oh the yeah, other, the yeah, other yeah. side of where first uh, uh, the first congressional churches that you were at, right? Yes. The other side, um, and so it's a little like a, a small little S that goes up the hill, steep uphill. Yes, yeah. and there's a car parked on the side. And you know how uh, where uh, your church is, there's that it's a one way street going into park, right? right? And so this person turns on their blinker, and I'm like, "You dumb fuck!" It says "Do not enter" on both <laughs> sides of the street, and I'm following them. They're like, "Oh, I," and it was like confirmation, student driver, because student driver. there was a vehicle right here. She used her blinker to let everyone know she's passing oh, the vehicle I that see. is parked in the lane that we're driving in. Wow. And then she's going, like, extra slow, and then she stops at the stop sign, and she's about... And I see this. I see the brake lights, right? Okay, stop. The brake lights go off, and then on, and then off, and then on. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, Oh. there's a car finally coming. Like, bitch, you could have gone. 
You clearly could have gone. I think it's a better choice not to have gone. Like, I know I know your <sighs> anger towards those type of indecisive drivers, but it's a student driver, man. That's Dude, that's what kept me from honking on the horn. Good. Yes. I'm, gla- I'm glad. That's that, what kept me from honking on the horn. Because I was wondering, man, like... I after- see... I see they're going straight. I'm making a left turn. I'm just going to let it be. All right. All right. Let's go. Yeah. You you part ways and, yeah. and just... You have, I'm so glad that you have a threshold to your... Hey, asshole! Yeah, exactly. The light's fucking green! <laughs> yeah, that's right. What's wrong with you? You'd do yeah. great in New Jersey, man. I feel like you would fit right at home with driving in New uh, Jersey. I was watching like a long, long time ago. I was watching, like, a portion of Dr. Phil or something like that. And it was, like, this mom and daughter and dad. And, like, the mom and daughter were bringing this guy on doc- their dad husband on Dr. Phil because of his road rage. And he's in denial. He doesn't have road rage. And, of course, prior to him coming on, he agrees to, like, have, a camera you know, a camera car. crew. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is before anyone could have a cell phone and record anything. And so there's a camera crew. And, um... He's like, all right, well, let's uh, let's just take a look at the video real quick. And sure enough, it's just all these clips of him getting pissed. And one of them is him getting out of the car, going up to the driver that's in front of him, parked, knocking on the window. What's wrong? Did you see? Did you see? Uh, what? Blah, blah, blah. Like, whatever the reason is, like, the rationale, like, knocking on the guy's window to roll it down to tell him that he was he fucked up. And that, you know, and then he gets back in the car. But it, and it's just like real quick clips of stuff oh like that God, that was great. hilarious. And the thing is, like for me, I don't like I, like you've been in the car with me enough, <laughs> in and out of the car enough to know that like this doesn't dictate my day. No. Nor do I carry this with me in my interactions with people. You know what I'm saying? Getting pissed out of the cars and everything. Like, yeah. I'm not fucking crazy. Like, I'm not going to get out of the car and, like, start some shit. Yeah. You just um, need to... You need to pro- but I'm not going to keep it bottled up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You need to process it. I take it Externally. in. Externally. I let it out, <laughs> and I'm good. Yeah. But, yeah, some people are so dumb. <laughs> More often than not, man. That's why you got to be... I think we talked about this in an earlier episode. You can't be... A super aggressive driver. No. You can't be a super passive driver because that's more dangerous. You just got to be like, go with the flow and yeah. like, be consistent. Yeah. Like, be consistent in your driving and everyone will be happy. Yeah. Don't be on your phone when you're waiting for the turn signal to go on because everyone's going to be honking at you yeah. knowing that you're the jackass looking at yeah. your phone waiting for the light to turn. When I see people driving with their phone up to their ear. Oh, that kills me. I'm like, bro. I refuse. I will not. It do is that. 2018. It, it is 2018. Like we get are, some fucking we, Bluetooth yeah, headphones, get some Bluetooth man. Shit. Like we are not living in the age anymore where like th- this is socially acceptable. Back in the day, how else are you gonna talk on the phone while exactly. driving? Talking on like not talking on. If I get a phone call, I'm gonna pick it up. Like that's over with. Like you gotta have Bluetooth. And you know, phones are one of the filthiest surfaces. Yeah. The if you put it up to your face, it's gross as hell, man. Like. It grosses me out to think about that, like, talking like this on the phone. I'll do it when I don't have headphones that have a microphone in them. Yeah. But every set of headphones these days has a microphone attached yeah. to it that will be compatible with any smartphone. Yes. And it's like, okay. there is no need. And, like, everyone at my work talks with their phone up to their ear, and I'm like, that's so gross. I don't even think, I don't not even press it against my face ever. I, like, do it like this. I have the thing up oh, to my nice. ear. Oh, nice. That's a good. But I keep the screen away from my... Yeah. Face. Yeah. Do not. Because this is just weird. Yeah. Yeah. 
There's no need to do that in, in 2018 right now. Yeah, I agree. It's so weird. Cool. Anything else you want to add? Uh, other than the fact that I am so glad to be in Chicago for this week and getting out of the frigid effing weather. I, I don't. I don't know if you've seen, and this will just be really brief, but the jet stream. I have not. Okay. So last week in Minneapolis, woke up in the morning, 30 degrees. I remember you saying that. 32 degrees. It's like, or something like that. yeah. And the fact that there is this line, I like to look at the, the, uh, the temperature map on my weather app. And it is like this line, this solid line between blue and red. And it like runs right above Chicago. Yeah. It's like Chicago is that happy middle ground, but it's going down all the way into some of the Southern states like Oklahoma or something, um, Arizona, no, Arizona, Utah, whatever. One of those, uh, states down there is getting like frigid, ice cold weather. And then you're, you're getting snow in early October. It's like, wow. Fuck that. Global warming. All right. That's it. Okay. (laughs) Just need to get that off my chest. Until next time. Until next time. Now, let me take a wild guess here. You're Brett, right? Correct. I thought so. Um, I got into Yale Law School. Check out the big brain on Brad. That's the number one law school in the country. You're a smart motherfucker. That's right. I had no connections there. I got there by busting my tail. Looks like me and Vincent caught you boys at breakfast. Sorry about that. Did you have it? Beer. I still like beer. Mm. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash this down? Sometimes I had too many beers, but I did not drink beer to the point of blacking out, and I never sexually assaulted anyone. Yes, you did! Yes, you did! Brett is warm, friendly, unassuming. He's the nicest person. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. Please, continue. You were saying something about best intentions i'm innocent it could have been held and handled confidentially at first which was what dr ford's wishes were as i understand it and wouldn't have caused this like destroyed my family like this this effort has what's the matter oh you were finished oh well allow me to retort i'm innocent of this charge you read the bible Griff. yes no there's this Passage I got memorized. Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness. For he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee.